Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to my weekly From My Mama's Kitchen talk radio show. My guest for this morning is Dr. Linda Howe. She is an award-winning and best-selling author, one of the world's foremost authorities on Akashic Records, and founder of the Center for Akashic Studies. Dr. Howe and I will be discussing her latest book, Discover Your Soul's Path, through the Akashic Records. The book reveals how to effectively make the shift from ordinary to extraordinary living by discovering your soul's path. Good morning, Dr. Howe. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm wonderful, Johnny. Thank you so much. It's it's great to be here with you today. Fantastic. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me. Your book is a terrific read. It's well-written and very informative, so congratulations for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Let us start by getting to know you a little better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. Well, I'll tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm only 60. Okay, so I'll do my best. Um, <laughs> well, I, do you know what I'll tell you? I, you, know, I, I'll t- you know, I'm in Chicago. I had, I had a very uh, traditional upbringing. Right, and I I found my way, and 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 after college, I woke up one day and I realized I had done everything I thought I was supposed to do. Do you know? And I had the idea that life was a management challenge, and if I could just <laughs> manage well, well, I'd get some kind of a prize or be fulfilled. Uh-huh, well, it didn't work uh-huh. that way. I woke up, I found myself with everything I thought I wanted, and I was very unhappy. And so uh, so I prayed, right? I prayed a, a very desperate prayer and had a moment of, um, of a riveting spiritual moment like so many of our time are having. And in this moment, I felt completely known, almost like like life could see into me, right? I felt known, I felt loved and accepted and cherished and valued, all those things. And at the same time, I had this sense that I was a part of the whole of creation. Now, having a traditional upbringing, nothing prepared me for this. <laughs> Do you understand? So I thought, well, whatever this is, it was so magnificent. I thought, whatever this is, I must have this in my life. And... I was 24, and the search was on. So Fantastic. between it was terrific, right? So between 24 yeah, yeah. and 40, my in my my heart of hearts, I kept thinking, "Gosh, there has to be a way to be in to cap recapture that experience." Mm-hmm. Um, and I did many I did many things. I tried, uh, you know, all fun and and enriching and positive and valuable, but but everything was shy of of my experience at 24 until at 40, (laughs) I found (laughs) myself, um, I I found myself in uh, hearing about the Akashic records and this woman was going to teach a class. I have to tell you, Johnny, I wasn't even sure what they were. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you know, 
I just yeah. knew yeah. the word like touched my heart. So I went, I went to this class. And I opened the records. I followed the instructions, you know. And, and it was an interesting thing because cause I didn't feel particularly connected to the woman who was running the class. Do you know what I'm saying? It was a very mm-hmm. interesting situation for me. But when I opened those records, I found myself in the midst of, the, of an experience that was remarkably similar to that I had at 24. And that was, this is now, you know, it's like 22 years ago. Yeah. And I want you to know, it changed my life. I went, I moved into the, you know, I got into the records and I had this same sense of being completely known mm-hmm. and loved and uh, of an essential component in the whole of creation. And I have been working in the records ever since. So I, I started doing readings and... Mm. You know, really working with people one-on-one, which I've been doing now, and I continue to love. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. And then by within two years, I was teaching because mm-hmm. I realized that, you know, you should be able to, you know, who am I? You should be able to access your own records, but, sure. but we, need, we need some training. So, so I started teaching. Um, in 2001, I received the prayer that is in all of my books. It's the Pathway Prayer Process to Access the Heart of the Records. It came out in 2009, which is how to read the Akashic Records. Um, my second book was Healing Through the Akashic Records. And my most recent now, um, Discover Your Soul's Path Through the Akashic Records with Hay House. So I have to tell you, so Johnny, I have to tell you, I never... When I first came into this, I had no idea. You know, I, I got it in my records. This was an infinite spiritual resource. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know, I had no idea what that meant. Because <laughs> even now, like now I'm working on my next book. I'm like, where is this coming from? You know, it's just, it's right. really, it's just a tremendous journey. Right, right. I understand. Yeah. Looks like you were on a... Uh, spiritual journey at a very young age and then you experienced certain epiphanies in life that you felt like there was some sort of blockage and there's some sort of incompleteness of the authentic you. You know, I think that's one way to look at it. Yes, I would say that that, that's true. But do you know what? I think there's something, one of the wonderful things for me about this life and for many of us is this, we are in an age of accelerated awareness. Mm-hmm. So at 24, I woke up and I realized, you know, technically, I had a nice life. I had a great job. I had a beautiful apartment. I had friends. Do you know, it's not like anything was dramatically wrong. It's not like so. Yeah. But I had this sense that there was more, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. there was more than. And it was something I couldn't see, right? It was something I knew in my, like in, in my heart, in my soul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, and that really, so, so that really inspired me. And mm-hmm. the same thing as I progressed, I did many, I explored many spiritual paths, all fabulous. But mm-hmm. I kept but what would happen? One of the things that's great about being on the path is as we progress. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I know for myself, everything I did nurtured me and propelled me along the way. Mm-hmm. It's almost like growing through different um, avenues yeah, and yeah. realizing that there's more. So on one hand, is it blockages? Yes, it's blockages. But I think on the other hand, one of the most magnificent features of being alive at this time is this accelerated awakening of awareness so that what was what was news to us five years ago is today ancient history mm-hmm. and those of us who are on the path we realize whoa we're just going to keep going <laughs> <laughs> so very, interesting. <laughs> very interesting i believe there's a global shift to spirituality a tremendous amount of sense of awareness so you're right in terms of the timing being here and now this moment. Yes, and those of us who are on the planet right now, and and I know it doesn't always look this way. If if you're watching, you know, if you're watching American politics. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It looks kind of crazy out there right now. But the fact right. of the matter is, there is a movement afoot within each and every human being, and it is this. It is an awareness that there is more. That we are greater than what we appear and mm-hmm. it's it's on every continent and it's always within our individual you know within distinct yeah. cultures it always fits but that yeah. movement it's as if the light like the light of consciousness has gotten underneath us all mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. it's raised right it's lifting us up and yeah. it has it is no longer it is no longer the exclusive um, a domain of of yeah. traditional religions. Do you see? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We so are recognizing that we have this within us, <laughs> no matter what we believe. Right? Whether yeah. we like yeah. it or not, the light is in us. So, right. Yes. So true. So true. Yeah. What are the Akashic records? Aha. Do you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want to say about the records. First of all, the word, it's a Sanskrit word, right? And it means primary substance, that from which all things are formed. That's what it is. Um, So we're talking about the life force before we get to it, right, with our thoughts and our feelings and, right, our our desires. So that's what it is. But for our purposes, the Akashic Record is a vibrational archive of every soul in their journey. So it is the corresponding invisible, um, to the human eye, right? It is mm-hmm. the corresponding invisible body of of light that that holds all of us. We're all in it. It's it's as, it's uh, like the record of mm-hmm. of us all. It's the it's the treasury of all souls. Everybody's in it. And um, what's, what's particularly interesting about the record is that there are two parts to every, like your records, my records, anyone who's listening, your records, right? Everyone's records have two parts. And the first is um, it's fixed, right? It's fixed, it's permanent, it's indelible. And what that is, it is the blueprint of your soul, which is the etching, if you will, of your divine potential. 
Very so this stays the same. Like who you're to everyone's divine potential. It's like whoa, that is not changing. Right? It's not like it's not like anything right. gets taken away. It's like whoa, it's it's tremendous. And then what travels along with that? It's it's interesting. It's like a catalog or the chronicles, right, of the lifetimes you live through which you awaken to your divine potential and then proceed to live that while here right. on earth. So that's what the record is. And and in practice, you know, it's at the level of the soul. This is a soul-level dimension of consciousness. And we know there are many dimensions of consciousness. There's the dream state, right? There's our memory. But this is, it's the soul-level dimension. And I have come to recognize it as a body of light emanating from the soul, connecting us with the source. So it's like energetic connective tissue between the soul and the source. And mm-hmm. and what happens when we use it, it's interesting. It's like a convergent zone of, of universal um, love and universal will and universal mind, all mm-hmm. converging. It's where the, it's, you know, the convergent zone of those three, and it really holds us steady. Mm-hmm. While we are awakening to really the most the most beautiful truths about who we are, that's very interesting. How does working with Akashic souls help us to discover our path? Okay, so here's here's how this this is how this works. Mm-hmm. As we engage the records, okay, using the pathway prayer process. So we have a slight shift in awareness. I mean, we're fully conscious, right? We're conscious. Right. There's a slight right. shift in awareness so we can detect these more subtle vibrations. Right. As we do this, when we step into the records, we are entering into a, a domain of, of illumination. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like a protected, it's almost like a spiritual sanctuary, if you will. It is a sacred realm of reverence. So we step into this um, consciously, responsibly, deliberately. And as we do this, we begin to explore our lives. And we begin to see, you know how everyone always says, this is, um, everyone always says, and they've certainly said it to me, you know, the mm-hmm. truth is within. Right. I'm like, okay, that's, I got that. <laughs> but the problem is, how do I get that, right? How do I get to the truth? I, it's right, in there. Right, I know right, it's right. in there. How do I get there? But see, when, right. I, but see, when human beings, as human beings, when we experience this realm of infinite safety and security and honor and kindness and respect, it is easier to let ourselves know the truth, the truth that starts bubbling up. Now, What's also, what's also very helpful, right? And I know this is what happened for me, when, especially with this third book on soul's path. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I, had, I, had, I, I suffered from spiritual confusion. And, and the confusion was this. I'm living my life. You know, I have a partner and a son and, you know, family members and friends and, you know, ordinary mm-hmm. life, great life. I love my life. It's a cool life. So I'm having this life. And and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, I hope 
I hope to get everything squared away soon so I can go get on my path. Mm-hmm. I had the idea that my path was somewhere else, like like perhaps Sedona or maybe Mount Shasta or Hawaii would be nice. Do you know, yeah. I'm thinking, and, and so I'm in my records, and I'm bringing the question to my records, and the question is, oh, I want to be on my path, and how do I get there, and how, all of these kinds of very um, sincere questions. And over a period of time, the records are not magical, and they are a lousy source of divination, but they're fabulous for spiritual exploration. So I'm in the records, and I'm asking about this. Mm-hmm. And I begin to, it begins to come to me very clearly, this is your path. Well, mm-hmm. I was a little unhinged, Johnny, because I was like, wait a minute, my path, is my path really in Chicago? This is the question I'm asking, right? Yeah. And son of of a gun, it is. So I begin to see the life that I have. Every person, every encounter, every, every element of my life, just the way it is, this is my path. And as I begin to know that this is the truth of my life today, this my life today is my spiritual path. There's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Every person I meet, right? Everything I do, every activity. And so what began to happen for me was a dramatic shift from really ordinary to, to extraordinary living, living my life as if this is the opportunity of lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so working in the records, what it does is it gives us a chance to grow into, to step into a spiritual awareness, to begin to see things from a much higher perspective, and to, to recognize the power of that, the opportunity. Each and every one of us, and I know some of us have really hard lives and 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 some of us have difficulties at different times. And this is all part of the, these are our journeys. And they are valuable, worthy journeys, or we wouldn't be on them. Should someone pursue the Akashic Records because they have a lot of whys in their statements? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Why? Oh, that is such a great, you know, that is a great question, Johnny. Yes, I think why, because... The records are very why is why is an interesting question, right? But mm-hmm. but what if if we're looking the records are particularly useful to explore the motivations and the understandings, right, driving our circumstances from a spiritual perspective. See, and the spiritual perspective is that everything is ultimately for our good. It's like, oh, wait a second Mm -hmm, here. mm -hmm, So what happens, you know, people will come in and they'll say, why am I in this? You know, I'm in a job that is just, I don't like it. I'm suffering. And and truly, right? And we begin Mm -hmm. to look. We look in the records. We look to see, so how is it, what is, you know, how is it helpful for you? How is it benefiting you to be in a job that is so not satisfying? And we begin to explore these things. Absolutely. Yes, very helpful. That's very, for very this. interesting. Yeah. So yeah. the goal is to find one's sweet spot. 
this is who I am, this is how I can maximize my presence in this moment in time. Yes, and it's about, that is really very well put. It's really, too, about um, recognizing higher truths about ourselves and stepping into them, really being in alignment, right, with who we are, consciously, consciously, right? Yes. Your book talks about reincarnation and so forth. Is there a challenge in terms of people finding out who they were before that they sort of associate themselves and trying to relive the past in some ways? Okay, you know, it's not actually. You have there's a couple of questions there, but mm-hmm. I want to talk for a minute about this. That see, in the records, mm-hmm. all time like past, present, and future are equally available. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting that from a record standpoint, if I go in the records and say, what are my past lives? That's correct. I'm not going to get anything. This is not entertainment. Is it entertaining? You bet. But it's not entertainment. But if I have an issue in my life, right, and I go in and ask for when did this start? First of all, you know, if I have a problem in my life, right, um, I'm going to look for what is what is the point of origin? When did this start? When mm-hmm. did I adopt this pattern, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go there, and that will take me to a past life. One of the really powerful aspects of the record is the scope, because mm-hmm. we begin to recognize that the lifetime we are in is within the context of eternity, and that that we have many, I mean, countless prior incarnations, right? That are that are contributing to our experiences now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now this other business of it is it is quite common actually for individuals to say, you know, I think I was, you know. <laughs> Joan of Arc or yeah, you know, yeah, somebody, yeah. right? It doesn't matter who it is. But yeah. but here's what I have come to identify. And they really have a sense of being connected. You know, am I the same person? But from a record standpoint, we see that the most significant individuals in human history mm-hmm. have huge, um, like huge energy fields is, is a way mm-hmm. to think of it. Right. And... They are that that they share. They're like a part of the same soul group. So mm-hmm. if someone says, "I think I was Joan of Arc," well, you know, when the fifteenth person in the last three years says to me, "I think I was Joan of Arc," I begin to explore this. In my <laughs> Why do all these people think they were Joan of Arc? Simply because they are in the same soul group as Joan of Arc, with very similar life purposes and destinies. You see. And the most identifiable figure would be Joan of Arc. Uh, were they Joan of Arc? It's not the point. The point is that we are part of larger groups, right, right. that are working together. Right. I understand that. Does that this make is very sense? interesting. Oh, yes, definitely, because we have elements of those traits that Joan of Arc has. And yes. so we feel very strongly about that. There's an association, there's certain similarities. We can use that to our advantage. 
whether that's courage, confidence. Right. And that's what we can use to tap the past to apply to the present moment. And this is and the idea is that we bring those same character traits to bear on this lifetime. Right. So it's not like we're going to go back and, you know, reenact anything. It's really like, great. So in my life right now, I mean, Joan of Arc, I mean, she was a visionary. She was fearless. I mean, we say a lot of fav- – she was really something else, right? So we look at that, and I, and I say, my goodness, I have – I share those traits with Joan. So what can I do? How can I use those? Because she used them in her life. How can I use them in my life? And to understand that, yes, indeed, we share those, and they are just as alive today as they were 600 years ago. Right. The traits themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So true. Edgar Cayce popularized the concept of the Akashic. What makes your work different from his? Okay. Okay. That's a great Good question. I really like this. This is interesting. Now, here's the thing about Edgar Casey. Edgar Casey, what a what a wonderful man. Edgar Casey brought awareness to the Akashic Record to the Western world in the middle of the last century, mm-hmm. and he did it in such a profound way because what he did is he worked in the records unconsciously. He was like trance channeling. Mm-hmm. And he had someone transcribe for him, and he brought through countless volumes of profound healing information and guidance. Tremendous man. Here's the problem. I know at the time, this was radical. 75 years ago, radical. I mean, off the grid. Yeah. Today, what we're looking at is people like you and I and anyone who wishes Anyone with a sincere desire can learn to access their own records or the records of others for empowerment and transformation. Edgar Mm -hmm. Cayce was in a trance and did not know what he was saying (laughs) until he read the transcripts. (laughs) Gotcha. And today, right, that's that's okay. That's how we did it then. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is Edgar Cayce could not teach anyone else how to do this. He was, we were still in the age of that spiritual elitism, right, where only special people could connect with the records. And where we are now, and one of the great privileges of being in the post-2012 world, is that we are now in the age of uh, recognition that each and every individual is entitled to and has the ability to make a more conscious connection with their own soul through the Akashic Records. So in my work, the purpose of my work is to give people the skills, right, the skills they need to make this connection of their own volition whenever they want. You know, I teach a lot of people, Johnny, and when they come to class, they often say to me, oh, this. I know this. This is very familiar. And this is true. Like, even though Akasha, Akasha is a Sanskrit word, yeah. the experience of the Akasha is familiar to us all because it is natural to who we are. But since we are the first generation in human history to have this opportunity, it is immensely helpful to us and saves a lot of time if we can 
like sharpen our skills to be able to move into this realm and out when when we need it and want it. Mm-hmm. You know, so so when we look at this, it's like okay, like I know my parents. My parents could no more teach me how to access the records than the man in the moon, and they loved me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? They would be yeah. like, oh, great, well, let us know how that goes. And I tell you, I have to tell you something, Johnny. My son, you know, I have a 22-year-old son, and he's like, Mom, what is the big deal? Everybody knows you can connect with, you know, it's like, right. wow. So mm-hmm. we are the bridge generation. Mm-hmm. We are, and, and as we, you know, get a little skill, get some good training, then mm-hmm. what happens? You know, then we have it and we can impart it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's really, I mean, those, those are, I mean, and I think they're critical distinctions. They're very sure. important distinctions, you know, because we're not here to, uh, because Casey, even though his work was genius, absolutely mm-hmm. He he couldn't teach anybody else how to do it. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Can you discuss the inner triangle concept and what was revealed to you, basically? Sure, sure. Oh, you know, this is <laughs> – well, I'll tell you something. You know, in my life, I have – you know, I have struggled. And sometimes I'm very disciplined. Sometimes I'm not so disciplined. And I've always been like, oh, what is the problem here, right? Mm-hmm. Because I can have a good idea and I go with it, but it doesn't last or whatever. So so I take this into my records. And and what's revealed to me is, is this. There is within each of us a, a triangle. You know, of we know, we understand the heart and mind, right? The connection mm-hmm. between the heart and mind. But I remember, Johnny, when that was new, right? That was a new idea. I think it was in the 70s. We were all, like, flabbergasted. Like, oh, my God, you know, our hearts and minds are connected. I mean, we were, like, thrilled. And it has become such an accepted idea that even... You know, even Fortune 500 companies, they have people work to get their hearts and minds connected to be aware of that alignment so that they can be more productive and satisfied. And so so that idea is now successfully integrated into the culture. Mm-hmm. But I, my question in my records was, there's a missing link for me, right? And mm-hmm. what I saw was the will. The, so... The will is the part of us that moves into action. This is a planet Mm -hmm. of action. This is a planet of, like, demonstrating and realizing and making things physical. That's the nature of the planetary life, is to bring our, our, our inner truth into physical expression. And so, and what's required for that is the will. Mm-hmm. So I began to, I was instructed in my records to begin to work with this, right? Particularly in my case, I mean, other people have other issues. My case with certain disciplines, like mm-hmm. like exercise. So here's, this is fascinating. So I have this idea that that yoga is very good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I like yoga, and But the thing is, I, I have never stayed, well, I mean, at different times in my life I've stayed with it, but I'm like, well, I don't know. So I, interestingly enough, my heart likes it, my mind thinks it's a good idea, 
But mm-hmm. my will doesn't want to get up off the couch. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's go there. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter if it's the greatest thing in the world, if I can't get yeah. myself out the front door. So the idea is that anything that we want to, anything that we think we should do, anything that we want to do, anything, you know, anything that we want to um, do on a regular basis to support ourselves, whether it's, to get exercise, to eat a certain way, to handle our money a certain way. What we want to do is take it to our own inner triangle. And we want to check, first of all, if the mind thinks it's a good idea, very important. If your mind thinks it's a crazy idea, you're not going to do it. You're Mm -hmm. just not going to do it. I don't care. So the mind has to be on board. Our Our feelings count. So does this does this idea excite me, right? It does it please me? Does it make me fill me with happiness? If it doesn't, we're not going to do it. I don't care if it's good for me. I'm not doing it. Okay, mm-hmm. I might do it for 3 or 4 days and then the next part is the will. Am mm-hmm. I willing to get up off the couch? <laughs> am I willing to take, you know, am I willing to go to the yoga class? Now, it turns out in my case, I'm not. But, you know, there are other things that are, and as life goes on, you know, what was fabulous at, you know, 25 may not be so terrific at 50, right? So we want to pay attention. We are evolving, morphing beings. So, So I look and I see, like, at this point in my life, what really invigorates me, makes me happy, I'm willing to do, it's easy, is walking to work. I walk to work. I love to walk to work. It's beautiful. It thrills me. And it's and I can get and I do it. <laughs> so yeah. we want yeah. to any discipline, any any discipline, any that anyone wants to introduce into their lives, you wanna check. Do you think it's a good idea? Is it sane? Does it make sense to you? Does it make you happy? Does it please right. you? Okay, right, right. and are you willing to act on it? That's the triangle. Has has really, and we are in the age of action. We are in the age of people consciously expressing their deeper truths through action, consciously. And this is again, this is a new. This is why we call it the new age because there's so much right. new. Yeah. Well, in reading your book, in the sense that what I gather. As we increase our sense of awareness, and that leads to maturity of the soul, you actually use the heart to initiate the desire. The heart creates the desire. The mind creates the plan of action. And then, of course, ultimately, like you were talking about, the will is the action that needs to bring everything to reality. Yes. 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 That's very well said. Thank you. I should write that down. <laughs> That's really good. One of the questions I want to ask you, and this is very interesting because a lot of times some of us have been labeled like, gee, you have an old soul. What does that really mean? Uh, <laughs> okay. This is the way I understand it. Mm-hmm. Tis we're all the same age. Mm-hmm. Because the truth is we are part of one soul. We are all like holograms, right? Like if we have the one soul that we all are, right? And you are the Johnny expression of it. I am the Linda expression of it, like that. So we are essentially all the same age. What 
is different. Okay? What's mm-hmm. different is, I want to say, our level of awareness, how mm-hmm. awake we are. That's what's different. Because mm-hmm. we know that there are many people who are oblivious to to what's happening. Mm-hmm. Okay? And there are others like yourself, stark, raving, awake. You are like wide awake. You are aware not only of what is present physically, but you have an exquisite sensitivity to the life, I want to say, behind it. Old souls have, um, it's really beautiful. Old souls have an elegant awareness of the qualities of life behind all physical expression. Okay? And as old as we continue to awaken lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, one of the things we see is that old souls are very efficient in that they know that what's important to an old soul is what they know, like what they know to be true. Mm-hmm. Whereas what's important to a young soul is what they can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you see? And mm-hmm. through knowing, the beauty of old souls is not that they don't do anything, but they're very conscious of what they're doing and why they're doing it and the contribution they're making and the contribution mm-hmm. others are making to them. They really mm-hmm. live, old souls live in the awareness of the comprehensive unity of all humanity. And then beyond that, we're going to go multidimensional now, right? All Mm -hmm. of life, all of creation, everything from the stars to the insects. Does that make sense, Johnny? Yeah. The old soul, to me, it seems like you have this sense of beyond the present moment. You always take into account the past, the present, and the future consequences. Every action causes a reaction. So you're much more mindful to me. I mm-hmm. think that would be the mm-hmm. best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. Right, right. And there's that sensitivity, right? Mm-hmm. That sensitivity mm-hmm. to what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, that helps you to take everything into consideration. I often use the word, I want to make an informed decision. So I actually will help you to make an informed decision. I'm not going to make the decision for you, but I'm going to give you everything you need to know. (laughs) (laughs) And then you make that decision because I want you to make an informed decision. That's great. That's great. Your book talks about the five pillars of consciousness. We've touched incarnation. And one of the areas that I thought that was very interesting is you talk about the area of discipline. In a way, you can tie it into the willpower to make change. You can find all these things that you want to do. Unless you act upon it, then you're not going to do anything or you're not going to see any change. Change comes from within. Change comes from the will to take actions. And most importantly, you are using your Akashic Records to build layers. Because if we are the sum total of who we were or what we experienced, our soul of experience, 
over the millennials and whatnot and so forth. So mm-hmm. if you look at it as an opportunity for you to build a different layer, it's like you were talking about the soul doesn't change. Yeah. So we are building this 1,000-story high-rise. Mm-hmm. And today, <laughs> right now, this moment, you're at 1,001 story. So right. how do you build it? So, okay. So what? one of the places we look, mm-hmm. see, it is through our ordinary human life whatever that is, that we get our cues, right? Because the life that we're living is ideal for our soul at this point in time. And so we recognize that my soul chose, out of all the possible people that, you know, that you could be, your soul chose you, the person, as the number one candidate, right? You are not you are your soul's first choice. You are not third choice. You're not a runner up. You are the number one choice to bring your soul's purposes to life. So with that in mind, we look at ourselves as human beings and say, what what do I really like as a human being, what do I want? One of the things about the will is that that our desires Our human desires are a cue. They tell us a lot about what we will and won't do. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I, you know, if I thought, oh, wow, the the greatest thing I can do to, like, really cultivate my consciousness in this lifetime is be an accountant. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, Johnny, I don't have those skills. I could go to school forever. And and I would, you know, it just wouldn't happen. That would be really a gross negligence of who I am as a person. See, mm-hmm. and that's, so the first thing is we want to take into account who am I as a person and what do I really want? Mm-hmm. And then from there, we begin to explore, right, what is it, to really clarify, if you will, you know, what is it I want to do now? I mean, many people at this point in time um, have tremendous visionary potential. But, you know, visions are made real <laughs> a day mm-hmm, at a time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so we want to look, you know, what is it I really want? And what am I willing to do about it today? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And then right. to take action. And the discipline is, discipline is simply, you know, it's, it's repeated thoughts or behaviors. That mm-hmm. build energy, that build structures for our support. That's what that's for. Discipline is very, and it's it's also interesting because discipline is from the word, um, you know, if we trace it back from mm-hmm. the word disciple, and then we go back just another step, and it is from the root to listen. So mm-hmm. disciplines empower our ability to hear our inner truth, whatever the discipline is. And they are, I mean, if, if you get 100 people together, we're going to get 100 different, you know, what's your best yeah. discipline today? 100 different disciplines. Yeah. So we want to look, I think another great way to kind of like do a little test on a discipline mm-hmm. is does it, does it make it easier for me to... Hear the voice within, the voice mm-hmm. of truth within. Mm-hmm. Or does it make it worse, right? Does it make the mind sure. chatter worse? If it's making the mind chatter worse, it's not an appropriate discipline. 
Mm-hmm. Just that. Interesting. Does one need a special gift to be able to access the Akashic Records? You need one gift. Well, you need two. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yes. The first one is you have to have a desire. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to do it, you're not going to be able to do it. So don't even worry about it. Just like next life, there's no no rush on this. We're infinite <laughs> beings. We're going to be at this for a long time. So the first thing is desire, okay? Mm-hmm. And the second thing is is a willingness or an openness. I think it's openness. Being open to the reality of the record. You know, a lot of people used to say, oh, you have to be psychic, Right, but the right. fact is, it's not psychic, it's spiritual, mm-hmm. right? Psychic is, you know, a psychic is very predictive. Psychic is fun. Don't get me wrong, I'm down with psychic, but it's not the records. See, everyone has a soul, and everyone is entitled to a a stronger awareness of that relationship, greater clarity, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone is entitled to be... Um, very deliberately engaged in a relationship with this part of their being. So I think a lot of it, especially I know from my own experience and with many students, letting go of all these ideas of what we thought the records were. I have mm-hmm. to tell you, when I first started working the records, I thought some guys with 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 holy books, right, with sacred mm-hmm. uh, text, mm-hmm. were going to come out and start reading to me. I had no <laughs> idea that it was an energetic realm. And that it's yeah. not about visualization, and it's not about psychic. It's it's actually a lousy source of divination. Mm-hmm. Great for spiritual exploration. For divination, I say get a pendulum. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? There are a lot of other things that are much, much better. Yeah. yeah. I say get them. <laughs> <laughs> does, that make, does that make sense, Johnny? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, sure okay, that. cool. Yeah. How do we resolve karmic relationships that don't really serve us or in some ways hurt us? And I know you talk about we can't cut cords from family members, people that have karma with us. So how do we resolve those kind of issues? Okay. All right. So from an Akashic Records standpoint, first of all, I want to address this business of cutting cords. The truth of the matter is we're all one. We are all one. People we like, people we don't like. And the world doesn't, you know, and so the idea that we're going to cut cords and separate ourselves from other people is delusional. I think it's correct. And I have to tell you something. I've tried cutting cords. I did that whole thing. I spent the 90s cutting cords and woke up and realized I was still connected to all these people and that I was a little bit of a nut. Okay? So let's get some reality on that. Now, here's, here's the next thing. Karmic relationships... From a record standpoint, you know, karma really is our own unresolved judgments about ourselves and other people. That's what really anchors in karma. So someone comes in, we're triggered by them, we're reactivated by them, we're upset by them. You know, we can't find a peace in the relationship. What we want to understand first and foremost is that this person has come into our lives for us. Not for them. We are not here to heal anybody. We are not here really to fix anybody. It's, we're not, we are here to awaken to the truth about ourselves, first and foremost. Okay, then what we look at is, if person is in my life, for my benefit, what could that possibly be? 
Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's, mm-hmm. that's what we want to consider. The next thing is this. The, I think one of the great challenges is, is to love. How do I love myself in the presence of someone who does not understand me? Many of us spend decades trying to explain ourselves to others with mm-hmm. really zero you know, success or you right. know, very low success rates. And so the, the issue is, you know, how, do, how do I love myself in the presence of someone who I don't understand? And can I just back off and let this person be the way they are? Mm-hmm. You know, can I relinquish my judgment about this individual? Now, I'm not saying that there hasn't been bad behavior. There's a lot of bad behavior out there, right? But it's it's really to step away from that. We can always say yes. I mean, we don't want to be silly, right? Or, you right. know, I, we we want to say yes, there is bad behavior. But the deeper question is, you know, how do I love myself in the presence of this confusion, Right? Can I just step back and let that person be the way they are? Very hard to do. Very hard to do. So, so what resolves karma is is letting go of judgments about ourselves and others. You know, especially like like I know I was in a situation with someone, and mm-hmm. I felt very victimized. Right now, I mm-hmm. you know we all know that certainly in the New Age movement we don't like victims. We yeah, think being yeah. a victim is a, we think it's a crime, right? But the yeah. fact is, you know, it's like so. So first of all, I'm feeling bullied, right? I'm feeling like a mm-hmm. victim, and then I'm mad at myself. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, what the heck, you know? So so here's <laughs> where this goes. So from a record standpoint, I'm looking at oh. Can I love myself even though I'm a victim? See, human nature, we want we always want to make it about the other person. Yeah. Yeah. Human nature. It's not, you know, it's we don't want to get too excited about that. It's like, well, of course we do that. But if we go deeper, you know, as we go deeper, we're looking at, wow. Can I love myself even though I feel like a victim? Mm-hmm. Can I treat myself with kindness and respect, even though, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's interesting. These are the challenges that will break it up in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, that will break up these rather than cutting cords. Right. You know, to 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 get with ourselves, right? Very interesting. Can the Akashic Records tell us about the future? Well, like I said before, they are not a good predictive resource. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. What they can tell us about the future is we're talking about probabilities. Because remember, there are two parts to every set of records, right? Mm -hmm. There's the, the, um, the blueprint of the soul, which is your divine potential. So that level, the level of who you are, that's fixed, okay? And then there's the the expression of it, which is, you know, these lifetimes. That's where we have things like choice and free will. Right. And we make ongoing decisions. And there's something called the mystery of life. All right. that said, 
when we work in the records, we work with possi- like when we look to the future, we're looking at possibilities. We're looking at possibilities and probabilities. So we know that at some point, um, you know, it can be clear in someone's records that at some point they will have, they will be in a really like wonderful, loving, intimate relationship. Okay, mm-hmm. now, you know that that's what they're here to do. Right. But they might have to go through some some difficult relationships to get there. Do you see what I'm saying? So yeah, the, yeah. the underpinning, we can see that. The precise when is that going to happen, we don't know. It could take, you know, it could take two weeks. It could take two minutes. It could take 20 years. Right. See, time is not the same in the records. And, it, and it's, it's more like... Um, it's more like sequence of events, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So, and that really takes into account that for some of us, well, we'll do this now, and you know, um, you know, if someone says, you know, I want, I want to know about having a relationship. Well, first of all, they have to um, forgive themselves for their, for their uh, behavior and their, mm-hmm. you know, in their last marriage. Yeah, right? Yeah. They're like, I want my soulmate. Well, first, let's clean up the past. First, right. you, you know, you forgive yourself for who you, you know, for your behavior in the last marriage. And then, you know, maybe you want to call your mother. And I mean, do you see what I'm saying? It's about yeah, sequence yeah. of events. Right. Yeah. What is your pathway prayer process? The pathway prayer process was given to me in 2001. It is. It is a three stanza. There are two parts, opening, closing. Um, it's and what it is is it is an, a very um, it's an effective prayer mm-hmm. to facilitate a subtle shift in awareness from an ordinary to a, uh, an extraordinary state, so mm-hmm. that we can stay conscious and be deliberately engaged in our in the records for ourselves and other people if we choose. So it enables us to move into that state and then out of it. That's what the prayer is. Interesting. Very, very interesting. You train and certify many teachers in the field of studies. So what should someone look for when hiring a teacher or a reader in this case as well? important thing is that you have to have a reader that you trust and someone that you that makes sense to you mm-hmm. i think that's really really important if someone is talking you know if they don't make sense to you it's not because they're spiritual and you're not it's because they yeah. don't make sense to you you want to have someone that you can relate to as a human being mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and i think that's i think that's the most important thing and somebody who makes good sense if they don't mm-hmm. make good sense, they're not very spiritual. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. What would you like for the readers to gain from reading Discover Your Soul's Path Through the Akashic Records? I would like the reader to have the experience mm-hmm. um, to have the experience of waking up to the truth that wherever they are in their lives, that that the path that they're on is really perfect, you know, that they are being led, that their soul is in the lead. 
I would like people to wake up to really the, really the beautiful truth of who they are and what's possible for them in this life, given who they are as a person and the resources they have. Mm-hmm. That this is the lifetime. It's not, we don't have to come back. I mean, a lot of us will come back. This is a great planet. But, you know, right. it's like this is, this, is, this is the lifetime. Now really is the time. Interesting. So. Where can someone go to buy your book, get more information about you, and contact you for a session? Well, you know what? You come to my website, lindahow.com. I have a website. You can make appointments. You know, like I said, I love to work with people, do readings. Um, and you'll find my calendar there of classes. Um, I'll be, I mean, in the next few months, I'll be um, at Kripalu doing a class on manifesting your soul's purposes. I'll be doing a class on this book, Your Soul's Path, out at Mystic Journeys in Los Angeles. So I have, I have classes coming up. And so, you know, you can, you can just go there. And you can also just go to Amazon. And because I've got, just so you know, you know how they do mm-hmm. – um, uh, you know, all three books. I mean, you can right. get them all. And my healing book is coming out in paper. So everything is in paperback, and it's very affordable and simple. So that's what we have. Wonderful. So, so co- call me. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. We're coming close to the end of the hours. Since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Yes. Great recipe. You ready? Here's (laughs) what it is. The recipe is this. To consider the possibility, wherever you are in life, Mm -hmm. right? To consider the possibility that every experience you have, every person you encounter, every place you visit, in your ordinary life, every ordinary encounter is a sacred opportunity for you to know the divine within and to to share, to release the ever-increasing and expanding love that's within you that is just longing to go out into the world. Dr. Howe, that is a beautiful recipe for living. So that is just fantastic. And thank you for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning. My guest will be Bruce B. Miller. He is the author of your life in rhythm. Bruce and I will be discussing a realistic solution to our crazy, overly busy, stressed life by Ripnik Living. The concept is a new paradigm for relieving guilt and stress while accomplishing more of what matters most in life. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Dr. Howe, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a blessed day, ma'am. Oh, thank you so much. It's been great to be with you today, Johnny. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.